Welcome into this weekend, week's edition of the Quarterback Room. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined by Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers, as always. All right, we're about a day away now, 20, what, about 30 hours away from kickoff of the Texas-Baylor game. Um, sold out on the Brazos, uh, you know, I mean, a few weeks before basketball season, obviously, but uh, <laughs> sold out, night game. I'm not sure that necessarily matters in, in, in this game. It's not like it's a raucous uh, road environment you're playing in. Uh, but we're here to talk about the quarterbacks. And Texas got a win last week. They didn't have many snaps, 52 snaps, 21 pass attempts. That's about – that's the least snaps the Texas teams had under Sark offensively. And, mm. you know, normally Sark's going to throw it 20, what, 25, 29, 31 times a game. Yeah. You only had 21 attempts to work with last week, 52 offensive snaps. But – Let's get into this. It's kind of your general – I feel like we've talked about it a lot, but your general thoughts on Quinn after three games, counting Wyoming there, where we're at headed into Big 12 play. I know I keep coming back to, you know, because I'm talking to everybody about Quinn's performance versus Bama where Longhorn fans are just riding a high. I mean, they're just riding high. You know, Quinn's in the Heisman conversation. You know, it's like, all right. when I was, So Quinn's got one more. He's got this year, then he's gone. So it's the Malik versus Archie, the quarterback. I mean, they're just leaping, just jumping ahead. All it, right. With it, all it went these, somewhere an hour after that game, for sure. Yes. Oh, trust me. I get, I get it. And I and even the coach from Wyoming said, usually after a big win like that, there's a letdown for every football program at any level. And he's an old ball coach, and he was right, right? Bit of yeah. a letdown. Um, but I keep coming back to why did we see Quinn be so inconsistent, right? And it's interesting because I heard Sark say that now for two games now this year, the opposing team has given them a look in the game that they did not get on film. I mean, they just threw something new at them. They had something new just for Texas, right? right? Something just for Texas. He didn't say what two games, but I'm assuming those two games are Rice and Wyoming and not Alabama. Right. Because Alabama, it looked like Quinn was in a groove and a rhythm. It looked like Sark pretty much had a – Sark was in a groove and a, a groove and a rhythm too, right? I mean, yes, they both exactly. – Both. That – I don't know if we've seen, other than Oklahoma last year, have we seen Sark – and and Quinn in that synchronicity, that symbiote. Yeah. I don't know if we've yeah. seen that symbiosis. Maybe some of the Washington game, maybe. Maybe yeah. a little bit of it, but that Bama game, I mean, they they, they were both. Bama and like OU for sure. They had yeah. the hive mind going, man. They were like synced up. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, so and it, and it does follow. It does track with Quinn. So when Quinn is well-prepared, he knows exactly what he's going to see. Ball's going to come out on time, on schedule. That's the Bama game because – Sark had, I'm sure, had been game planning for a long time, as we talked about, probably for months, and running those plays. And Quinn knew exactly what he was going to see, and and it, it 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 went exactly as Coach told him it would go, right? In terms of what Bama presented to him, and the other two games that Sark, I'm assuming, is talking about are Rice and Wyoming, where Quinn started out a little shaky, and the reason he started out a little shaky is because, like going back to what Sark said, I'm assuming they gave him. He looks that he was not prepared for, and he had to adjust on the fly. And I wanted uh, Dave Aranda say what you want to him about him as a head coach. Head coach is a different discussion, right. um, but I, I I do think he might look at. I don't know, maybe he's listening to the press conference and media availabilities or not. Sark is very forthcoming and honest, and I wonder if he'll follow the same oh, he model is. Roger, and just 
he ain't rolling out the same defense that everybody else. He's going to have wrinkles. He's, he's going to have something. Exactly, right? He's going to have wrinkles. And that's the key with Quinn. We all know the more Quinn has to process, that's when the fundamentals suffer, the footwork suffers, the mechanics suffer, and his, his, his poise in the pocket becomes a little shaky. And if he, but if he's not, he's not having to process that much and he's getting the ball out on time on schedule, which is what we basically saw in the Bama game early and often, man, he's, that's when he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. But if he starts off a little shaky, and I think it's because he's getting looks and like, and you point this out too, Jerry, he's only had 13 starts. So his mental Rolodex, right. His in terms of his, his, his mental recall, most quarterbacks, and that's Tom Brady talks about this all the time, and, and you know, late in his career, that there was nothing that a defense could present to him late in his career that he hadn't seen. The game moves being, slow all the time. Yeah, right. It was like, oh, they come with a new wrinkle. It's like that's not that's a new wrinkle for y'all. But I, I recall in 2007, they another team presented that game plan to me, and I know where the the the, the loopholes are. I know where the weaknesses in that defensive structure and coverage are. And some and quarterbacks, a lot of why it comes with reps and being able to know, oh, that coverage, okay, there if they rotate still, uh, there's a void here. There'll be a quick hitter here. Here's my fail safe. Here's my, you know, what I mean, all those things. And I don't think yep. Quinn still is comfortable yet with all those nuances of the game when he is presented with a look that he has not been prepared for. And that's gonna happen a lot. That's what that's I'm not trying to stress long on fans out, but you're you're circled on everybody's. Uh, you know, schedule. So I think that's they, like you said, they're gonna have a special defense just for Texas and Quinn. And I think a lot of it will follow some of the concepts that have given Texas trouble. Uh, well, well, you, during just front hit, you, you just hit on the, the heart of playing the quarterback position, though. Everybody talks about the mechanics, and we I see a lot of quarterbacks that are so taught the mechanics that they're robots. The good thing is, Quinn's not a robot, no, but here is the heart of playing quarterback the game has to move slow. Great point guards, great quarterbacks, the game moves slow. They're seeing things in slower motion than everybody else on the field. Mm -hmm. T.J. Ford was that way. Magic Johnson was that way. Tom Brady, that's what he's talking about, right? Everything moves slow. There's nothing he hasn't seen. Everything moves slow. Those guys can paint a picture at their own pace, right? Mm, Tiger Woods and golf under all that pressure, right? It moves slow to those guys. So the key is for any young quarterback is when do you hit that point that the game starts moving slower? And when you're comfortable, it moves slow. But the defense's job is to get you out of your comfort zone so the game moves quick. Exactly. If the game moves quick, your feet are not going to follow your eyes. Right? I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? I mean, Quinn could see something and his feet aren't in a position – to make an accurate throw because the game was moving a little quick. I love that. Because, yeah, sometimes your eyes are ahead of your feet. That's right. See it, but my but because the game was moving too fast, my feet are in the right place. I've done that as a DB. That's I, right. saw, I saw the, the three-step, but uh, my feet were in the wrong place, but my eyes actually saw it and processed it. But you're right. You got to put it all together. That's a great point about – Man, I, I love that about things moving too fast. As a player, I remember when it slowed down for me. It was my junior year. It was like middle of my junior year. It became the process at the line of scrimmage, the hand placement, 
it all seemed almost a little, a little too easy for me. I was like, man, Rod, you, feel, you felt a calmness, right? Yeah, even, it was. Even, even against the best receiver you faced, you felt calm yes. leading up to the play, right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what we're talking about here is what does Quinn, at what point in his career does he get to that game moving slower all the time for him? And, and that's where I go back the 13th. Hey, for some guys, it may never happen. For Quinn, it may happen when he's 25. We, we don't know. I mean, but I really think that the harder play, get the harder the matter when you play this position. We break all this stuff down. We we say, okay, you missed this throw. Okay, you're great in this throw. But I think the thing is, is 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 when Texas, when Sark, when they get him, when when they keep him comfortable, I think the game moves slow for him. Yep. And, and that is the and that's what a defensive coordinator's job is, Rod. How do I not not let this game appear slow for this guy? I want to speed everything up for him. I want him to, I want everything moving a mile, uh, you know, 100 miles an hour for him, giving him way too much information to process yeah. <laughs> uh, as the quarterback. So I told, and then think about Quinn, you know, when you'll know when he's comfortable and you'll know when he's in a groove in the rhythm because the ball actually comes out quicker because yeah. he's on time and he's on schedule as a passer. And that's Sark's job. So, I, and I think in his game, you're going to get that from Sark. I, I think he's actually going to prioritize that. And it may not just be Quinn. It may be getting the offense in a rhythm early. And it may, it may be the part of the running game. We're talking quarterbacks here, but that may be the running game early too, just to give Quinn a little insulation, start off with some play action pass and some RPOs uh, in that way too. So uh, yeah, I, I, think Quinn, I don't want to get in the football theory, Rod, yeah. but how do you help your quarterback on the road? You know, this isn't going to be the Alabama defense. You know, it's going to be different looks, right? I mean, uh, you know, look, Sark worked in Tuscaloosa. They, they had a lot of meetings. They had a lot of common knowledge, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, like you said, Dave Rand is not going to roll out the exact same defense he did last year in Austin. He's a good, great defensive coordinators don't do that. So here's the question I have is looking at the quarterback position, Do and it's not Sark's. I think when Sark is at his best, he's th he runs more than he – I guess over his career, what does he run it for? 53, 52% of the time thrown, thrown at 47, 48. Yep. I think that's about – but at, when he's at having his most fun as an offensive quarterback, it, it's big plays down the field, right? Yeah. Yep. But with the way teams are defensing him, uh, Texas and Quinn and him are going to defense him, do you do you have to kind of shift your strategy from we're going to throw to set up the run to where you know what we may just have to run to set up the throw just to change up what these guys and make them not comfortable at the beginning of a game calling plays against us? Yeah, because that's going to be interesting because I, I totally agree. I think if I'm going up against Sark, I'm defending the pass first. Yep. I, I I'm to me the way I get you know, uh, taken out of the game quickly, the haymakers that Sark wants to throw because he's a big game hunter. Yeah. He, he's almost uncomfortable with trying to work his way down the field with short, quick game. Uh, I think that's actually out of character for him. There's actually a, a, the, I think the Washington game doing in the bowl game, the defensive coordinator remarked that uh, he didn't necessarily think that Texas had the patience to work their way all the way down the field without taking a shot. Uh, or two in, during that drive. And that, that's Sark. He's going to take his shots. We all know that. And I'm with you. I think these days, and we're seeing it in the NFL too, teams are deciding that they're going to put their safeties a little bit deeper, too deep, and they're going to give you the underneath routes. They're going to give you uh, the numbers in the running game. They yeah. may 
you know, run the alley. They may be more guys in the fit, but there are not a lot of guys in the box because they want to defend the pass first. I think against Sark, that's what you do too. And and, and Rod, the, the the part the part that's tough on offensive coordinators in college football this year that have that mentality, and it's not just Sark. There's many of those guys, and we're oh, not yeah. saying it's wrong or right. Is if I'm a D coordinator, I want those guys running the football more because you're bleeding, you're, you're choking your own clock. And that's part of the game plan against those now guys. Now it is. Hey, hey, man. Go ahead and run that ball a little bit more. Totally agree with you. Clock's going to run. It's going to get on your nerves. It's going to make you impatient because you're watching that clock run out. You know you're working with one less possession every game to start. No doubt. That's the way I'm coaching against guys like that defensively. The Wyoming game plan, I think Baylor's going to follow something similar too. Yeah. Uh, that's why it'll be important whether Sark is – he wants to be patient and go with the run game, which Baylor has one of the worst rush defenses in the Big 12. Which is so, a note. Yeah. yeah, just throwing that out there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think for, for Sark it's important, though, that his quarterback coming off of an inconsistent game, I think Sark won't – he doesn't want his quarterback to have back-to-back games where right. he's, he's feeling, you know, insecure – and he's not consistent. Sark wants to get his quarterback in a groove, confident, in a rhythm. So I think there will be, whether it's, I'm with you, I think the running game actually may start the, the game. I think that may be to set the tone of the game for Texas. And then they may work their way into the play action, the RPOs for Quinn Ewers. And honestly, the best way to get a quarterback comfortable is, you know, accompanied by a strong running game. Yeah. Because if that's the case, you're going to get, you'll get matchup advantages on the outside because at one point they're going to stack that box or they're going to go with a run heavy personnel group to stop that run. And that's exactly what Sark wants. That was a favorable matchups on the outside. And that's what you want for Quinn. That's what you got in the Bama game. Go look at the way those play designs were able to manipulate those matchups. And you ended up with him start just isolating one-on-ones with his best receivers with those Bama DBs and he made them pay. And even uh, Craig Bowl, the Wyoming coach, said that's what they guarded against. Yeah. They wanted to protect their DBs against being isolated one-on-one with Texas receivers. And it was a brilliant game. But it goes back to what you said, uh, Jerry. They don't want to give up the haymakers. The one-on-one no. matchup, that's that's the that's usually going to end up being a bad situation for the opposing team. Uh, hey, Rod, yeah. Rod, the best and worst thing that happened for Texas before he transitioned into Baylor, Sawyer Robertson, is – The best and worst thing that happened to Texas is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. The big plays down the field against Bama. It was the best thing because they <laughs> won the damn game on the road. Yeah. It was the worst thing because now the DCs are like, uh-oh, this is a different team than last year, fellas. Yeah. 
They're right. You're right. And now we're backing up. We're not giving you that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Here's That's your 10-play, 77-yard drive. Have at it. Yeah. And, and, and watch and, the cloak and watch the clock run while you do it. Or or you can throw it the quick hitter to X-Man, the smoke route, and hope he gets a lot of yak yards. Yeah. That may be something you get a lot too in this game versus Baylor. Yeah. Um, and Ian Boyd talks about a little bit in football theory that starts putting in his very rudimentary RPOs that are just if you're gonna play off coverage and we got a run call, but why the hell, you know what? Let's just take that. That's a run too. Right. It's a run smoke route to run. Yeah, it's a run call. And so it, you might get a lot of that too if Baylor plays off. But Baylor actually will play bump and run. Baylor will get up in your face a little bit. They trust, they like their young DBs. They're young, but they like their DBs. They trust them a lot. We'll see well, that and, and, and that's the thing. That, that's the other thing is I know we got to transition to Baylor's. They don't want Quinn to get comfortable. How do you keep him from getting comfortable? You have to have enough pressure. Bottom line, yep. especially yep. on the road. Bottom line. All right, Rod, uh, you're listening to Talking Ball. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined by Rod Babers. Uh, let's transition to Baylor. Uh, Sawyer Robertson, uh, Bobby Burton has pointed out, is completing under 50% of his passes. Yep. And some people are like, well, if they haven't watched Baylor, he's just an inaccurate quarterback. I'm not sure that's the case. They just throw the ball down the field. They do. And they so, do. so for the Texas fans that haven't watched Baylor this year, kind of give them a synopsis of Sawyer Roberts and that Baylor offense, what you've seen from Sawyer. Assuming Blake Shapin doesn't play, I don't think Aranda's trying to throw anybody off. I, I, think, the, I think the kids hurt. Yeah, they uh, and I was a little surprised by it too. They throw, and I think it's to, to really complement their zone blocking run scheme, right? They, once they pound the rock and you start to allocate resources to stop the run, I, I believe they either want to make you pay for bringing those safeties up and those defenders up or back you off. All right. Maybe you're already up and they want to back you off. And usually when you start throwing the deep ball, teams think, OK, we got to have a safety back there. Let's have make sure we have some umbrella coverage over this thing. So I, I think it's more tactical, like strategic. Uh, but it is something that Texas needs to be worried about. And that ba- and, I, and I, I I've seen ba- Baylor use bunch formations a little bit. Remember in that Bama game. Bama, only, the only concept really that worked for him in the passing game was throwing to targets out of bunch formation. They averaged over eight yards, 18 yards per attempt in that game. I guarantee you, you're going to see that from Baylor. Uh, ch- chunking, take, taking a deep shot, but out of targeting guys out of that bunch formation. But yeah, it sounds to my man CJ Vogel because he threw it out there and I saw it on Twitter, matches up with the film study. Uh, Soy Robinson has the longest uh, A dot of any quarterback in the Big 12. He's at 12, over 12 yards average depth of target, uh, throws the ball uh, 20 yards or more, more than any team in the Big 12. But don't, they don't throw a lot of screens. They don't throw a lot of uh, pass right. at or behind the line of scrimmage. That That's that's their run game. They focus on their run game, stressing you horizontally. When they want to stress you vertically, you know, that's, that's the, the shot. All right? They want to stress you horizontally with the wide zone, and then they're going to take their shot. And, and I, it's all for play action. Once that safety gets used to running that alley off of play action, and they can hit that deep shot behind them. So that's Texas. They got to be aware of that. That's one of the ways that Texas, even though they 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 totally outmatch uh, Baylor in almost every way in every position. Um, that's one of those easy uh, touchdowns, easy points Texas could end up giving up in this game if they're not ready for it. I think they will be. Hey, so Rod, not to get it to dig into the football theory, but I want Texas fans to just get your opinion on this. When they when Texas fans hear bunch formation. I think of two things. I think of, okay, a bunch, a, a trips or bunch formation outside the hashes out mm-hmm. wide. Okay. Yep. Then there's maybe the bunch formation to the boundary, maybe at times, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing for me, and, and tell me, tell me if I'm, if I'm thinking about this correctly for in your mind. If you run a bunch formation 
to the field side, to the wide side. You're not in really in a you're in a more of a position to attack the Texas safeties in the middle of the field. Yes, I you're agree taking away the ability to run at the hash and test that guy from hash the boundary where yeah. Wyoming did. So yeah. my question is, Wyoming attacked the Texas safeties and their ability to cover hash the boundary. Mm-hmm. What do we think Baylor's going to do? Because I, I, if you go bunch to to the field side, you're taking that away. Yeah. Yeah. If you're Baylor, how would you attack Texas? Um, you could do it, but you could just go um, tight twins or stack twins on each side. Yeah. And then you could attack basically the safeties in the same way. Right. Well, says, don't you think Baylor's going to attack the Texas safeties? From the well, you're looking for easy completions for Sawyer Robertson. You know, one of the things about the uh, the quarterback of Wyoming, uh, I always mess his name up, Spoboda. Yeah. Um, I hope I got that right. But he, 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 he stayed in manageable situations on third down. He was in third and long, which is third and seven plus, yeah. uh, only four times that I counted. And if he, if Sawyer Robertson is not, if he's in third and long only like four times, that's bad news for Texas in that's my bad. opinion. Yeah. yeah, that means that they were winning on first down a lot of the times. And on and, and by the way, Baylor on third down, they'll still run the ball. Yes, they will. Because they yeah, because they believe on fourth down, hey man, you know what? We believe we can get three yards or two yards or whatever it is on fourth down, depending on where they are. Uh, so it, they'll run the ball too on third down. I think it's important to win first down for Texas. We'll get to it. But then Sawyer Robinson, I am with you. I think an easy completion for him would easily be the boundary, that slot, that slot out, that mid that mid-level out and testing the, te- the safeties from Texas. And they might jump it. So I if they can protect, don't forget the out and up. Just throwing it out there. You yep. just jumped one. So if you're Jay, I, I can see them setting that up too throughout the game. Are they going to jump it again? All right, let's go out and up. So watch the double moves because Texas is a fast flow defense. But with Sawyer Robertson, I'm with you. I think that's a possibility. And I'll throw this out there too. I think, and I heard that uh, he's actually missed some time. Not missed some time, but in practice, he's limited because he's got an ankle injury. Okay. Uh, he hurt his ankle. So he actually is someone they would use in the run game. That's right. As a that, that was my game. next point, Rod. Okay, so w- when I watch Baylor against Utah, they really test your edge in players if they're going to crash, right? Yeah. They they put those guys in a stressful situation, or and then they'll run quarterback power right off that end's butt if he starts crashing down, right? I mean, what do you kind of what have you seen from the quarterback run game? How they use that for Texas fans that are going to be watching that game, saying, okay, this may be the time, like when Baylor might use Sawyer Robertson's feet, assuming his ankle's not swollen. Yeah, uh, and that's why, you know, I, I was talking to Craig Smoke earlier uh, today, and he's like, they don't, they haven't, they didn't use him a lot in the run game in the last game because they were concerned about the ankle. Um, and he believes actually it has affected his throwing as well. Uh, and it would affect his footwork. I, I, I think they'll only use him in, in the red zone in money time uh, in the red zone, maybe some money downs, you know, uh, past midfield, but, and I don't know the the backup is actually, I think it's a kid from central Texas from Austin. Yeah. Um, What? I forget his name. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. RJ. Yeah. I know. RJ Martinez. Yeah. yeah, I think that is. Uh, But anyway, uh, I don't, obviously they are, you know, on their kind of last leg when it comes to the quarterback position with Blake shaping out. So I don't know if they're going to risk it, him being a, a, an early part of the run game in, you know, the, the kind of neutral territory, territory in between the 20s. I think when they get in the red zone, I think that's when you'll see them probably use him as a compliment in the run game, as a plus one in the run game. 
Um, but I, I think, honestly, for Texas, if they can get him in third and long consistently, predictable passing situations where you can tee off, like you said, you can pressure him, speed up his internal clock, he'll throw you some. Yeah. He is a turnover-prone quarterback. And it's a young quarterback. Yes. he and Because, I mean, if any, any young quarterback, when they're pressured, they tend to make bad decisions with the football, and he is no different. So if you want to see the worst of Sawyer Robertson, then you got to get him in third and long and predictable pass situation, which is what Baylor wants the guard against. I think the last game they ran the ball like 50 times. They they don't want uh, Sawyer Robertson to be exposed, so they're trying to help him with the run game. But they do throw it deep. That's, that's just a natural part of the offense for them, though. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting. I think uh, before we get in, we're going to talk K.J. Lacey. I was at Sarah Land Tuesday. But before we get in, I, left tackle play is going to be big for Baylor. Mm-hmm. The young kid, Alvin Ibasile. Uh, at Baselli. he's a talented kid, but he's 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 a little bit of a waste bender on tape. So that's going to be interesting to see how Texas attacks him and how Baylor tries to protect Sawyer Robertson and that on that left side. Uh, but Rod, this is the quarterback room this week's edition. I was at Sarah Land Tuesday. I uh, saw KJ Lacey, the twenty twenty five quarterback commitment, and we talked about KJ a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, but so we've talked about the game moving slow really the heart of the quarterback position. I, I I was there three hours, and that's the second time I'd seen K.J. And I just want to ask you, after I kind of explain what I've seen from K.J. and what I like about K.J., your thoughts on what you look for with a quarterback, okay? Just period. We're not going to break down K.J.'s tape. I'm just, We already did that. You can go back and watch a former uh, one of the earlier quarterback rooms. But I want to just talk about what you like in a quarterback. So, so here is what I've uh, what I've seen, and I spent about an hour with his father, talking to his father about his at upbringing in basketball, being a point guard on Tuesday as well. He understands sports. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's certain guys, a Shane Bouchelle, um, and I'm not comparing those two guys as prospects. They're definitely different quarterbacks. But there's guys who can pick up a ping pong paddle. They can go play soccer. They can go play baseball. They can play basketball. I mean, you could say, all right, we're going to go play cricket today. And after two minutes, (laughs) after two or three minutes or one YouTube video, they would understand cricket and how to move their body and play a sport, right? Yes, sir. KJ Lacey understands sports at a very high level. He moves, he has that movement, he has that freedom of movement. Um, He's a guy who, He's not fidgety with feet. He's not fidgety with eyes. You know, you can just talk to his coach, Jeff Kelly, who was a very good quarterback at Southern Miss, played in the NFL, I believe the Canadian League, a really good offensive coach there at Sarah Lane. And we were talking mm-hmm. about that, how, again, everything moves sm- slow for this kid. There's nothing rushed. His feet are calm. His hands are calm in pressure situations. The coach has been around when they won state last year. So, with all that said, Rod, that close out today's show, what is it you look for in a quarterback? What is it you noticed about guys in, in the locker room at Texas? What are the, some things that you really, if, if we said, if you and I went and watched the quarterback junior year in high school, what would you be looking for outside the obvious you see on a huddle team? Uh, yeah, I think you got to go with the most obvious thing that all the quarterbacks gurus, gurus have ever mentioned, which is accuracy, right? Yep. It, 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 is, is he accurate? It's it's hard to teach it. I've heard you can't teach it. It's got to be innate. It's got to be something you're born with. He ain't accurate. Great Mike Leach said, yeah, I'd rather have a pitcher right. All right, that I, I'll teach him to play quarterback 
rather than have an inaccurate quarterback who just got a big arm. I'll take accuracy. So that's number one. And what you just brought up is interesting. Um, you talked about how he's he could even play other sports. There's almost this natural awareness. Yes. Athletic awareness that he has. And honestly, I was just talking to Matthew about this too, which is crazy. Bill Walsh, the late great Bill Walsh, he, when um, Jim Harbaugh asked him, hey man, what do you look for in a quarterback? Which is what you are. Bill Walsh got that question everywhere he went. Right. Everywhere. And this, you'd be stupid not to ask him too, because you need to get that knowledge. And he told Jim Harbaugh, athletic instincts, listen to it because you, your, your coaches get to, you already know about the script. Listen to this. Because it's kind of the description you just gave. This is what Jim, Jim Harbaugh, when he asked Bill Walsh, this is what Bill Walsh described as athletic instincts. He said, I asked Walsh what he meant by that, and he said it means he's the best athlete in the entire high school. He could go make the basketball team, at least be the sixth man. Yeah. He could make the soccer team. He probably could swim. He could field balls from center field. He could be a shortstop if he needed to and could probably uh, pitch on the baseball team. There you go. <laughs> just kind of what you said is like, no, he's just a natural, there's just athletic awareness of yeah. that. And honestly, that to me, I think there's also a component of the second reaction plays in yes. football being linked to what you just talked about, that awareness. KJ Lacey's got it. I've seen it. It's natural to him. I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes I I I wonder, I don't see it enough in Quinn. The nat that that athletic instincts that takes over when the play breaks down and you have to improvise second reaction plays off script, off schedule, make something happen. We see it with Caleb Williams damn near every week. He ends right. up making these plays. And we're Bill seeing Walsh, it with Travis at FSU now, too. He's yes. starting to throw some of that. Yes. And and, and Bill Walsh said 10 to 15 percent of those plays come down to natural, uh, spontaneous instincts in a crisis situations for his yep. quarterbacks. And he said, I have no control over that. I right. got to let, I got to let him go out there and just make plays as a football player. And I, I do, I do think that's what I would look for in a quarterback. I, when the play breaks down and there's nothing really there, all right, can you go at least turn it into a positive play or at least keep us out of a negative play? Right. Yeah. And some quarterbacks do that better than others. That's what I, I would look for those two things physically, the accuracy and then that natural instinct. Can a guy just get us out of a bad play, turn a, a bad play? You know, Bijan did it damn near all the, all the time, but quarterbacks have the ability to do that too. Hell, we saw even – and you don't have to be a good quarterback for it. Jalen Milrow, he has it. He's not a good quarterback. Right. But remember, he had plays where it would be a bot snap. He'd take a bot snap and take it to the house and, you know, be a – because he's a football player with those natural – athletic instincts and elite physical traits and your quarterback you want to see some of that no doubt yeah. no doubt that's rod babers everybody and this is this week's edition of the quarterback room my name is jerry hamilton thank you very much for joining us well again we'll be back next week we'll be talking kansas now talking about those traits Jalen daniels <laughs> Daniel Daniels is going to be making those in Austin next Saturday. Uh, Texas defense is going to have to bring their AA game yeah. next Saturday. But we have a game first in Waco. Uh, big game, Texas number three, highest ranking in the AP poll since 2009. Um, you know, it's look, we're in win in advance mode right now. That's where I'm at, Rod. After you beat Alabama, it turns into win in advance. That's Agreed. all I'm talking about now is win in advance. I, I don't care. I picked 38. I think I picked 37-13. I don't care if it's 37-13 or 27-13, um, 20-13. It's win in advance mode. you got to 
play really well in Dallas in two weeks. Got to get off to a fast start and a fast finish in a couple of three games, but it's win in advance. So we're going to look, we're going to watch Texas Saturday night and uh, we think they're going to win in advance. And then we'll be back next week and talk a little Kansas. Right. And I may try to get Trey Owens on the show next week. See, oh. see to talk about, you know, first four or five games of his season, what he saw from the Texas quarterback position this week. So that's what Love we're shooting it. for next week on the quarterback room. For Rod Babers, this is Jerry Hamilton. Uh, you guys have a great uh, night and weekend. Hook em.